Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better. And our heart is to reach, send, nurture and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, well welcome to the series on Nehemiah. You know, I feel like I know Nehemiah. Now he doesn't know me, but I feel like I know him because for many, many, many years, I've read the book of Nehemiah over and over and over again. And it seems like every time I read Nehemiah, I learn something new. Uh, You've just had a look at the Bible Project video, a quick overview of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, which gives you some insight into what the book is really all about. And it's a really helpful tool. I think we've got another um, printout of the document that you can have a look at, which will give you some great insights. Um, You know, as far as authors go, There's some confusion about who wrote the book of Nehemiah. Was it Nehemiah? Was it Ezra? Uh, They're not really sure, but it doesn't really matter. The key thing is the story is told and, um, and there's some accuracy with the story that brings us some insight into what actually happened. The book starts off talks about the memoirs of Nehemiah and um, what we find is Nehemiah is here serving as a cupbearer to the king, King Artaxerxes, in, in, uh, in the citadel in Susa. And in, in the citadel there, as he's standing and he's doing his thing, he gets a visit from some brothers, they're called, uh, from Jerusalem. Now, I'd imagine Nehemiah had never actually been to Jerusalem. He was probably born in exile. And yet, because he was Jewish, he had a heart for the Jews. He had a heart for Jerusalem and all that was happening there. And so these brothers arrive, Hananiah in particular, and, uh, and so Nehemiah simply asks the question, tell me what's going on in Jerusalem? How are things going? How are the people? Hananiah responds. Um, it wasn't the sort of positive response that Nehemiah wanted, uh, but he begins to tell, tell the story of how the walls are broken down. The temple is probably in the process of being completed and uh, the people are not doing well. They're, they're at threat, you know, back in those days, a wall around a city was its sense of security. And the walls are broken down, so the people were feeling insecure. Many of the houses were still in a state of destruction. People were living there, but it, it, it wasn't in a good place. And as Hanani tells the story, what we find is Nehemiah being moved emotionally. He's uh, impacted by the story and what's been said. And, um, and it says in, in the Bible, and I'm going to read it to you from Nehemiah chapter 1, just a few verses, it tells you how he responded. It says this, These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Han and I, one of my brothers, came to visit with me uh, with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who'd returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for many days I mourned, fasted and prayed to God. Uh, Then I said, O Lord of heaven, 
great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. And these are just the first four or five verses there of Nehemiah. First thing I want you to note in this is Nehemiah asked about what was happening. You've got to ask the question, why would he do that? He's a cupbearer to the king. So while he wasn't a servant uh, of low repute, he was actually someone with quite some influence. He was close to the king, would have seen the king every single day. Um, there are varying reports about what a cupbearer uh, cupbearer's responsibility were, but it, it could well be that he had quite a number of people under his authority. It could have been that he'd managed the household. There's, he, he, was, he wasn't insignificant. He had a responsible job and connections to the most important people in the kingdom. But something was inside Nehemiah that prompted the question, how are my brothers doing? How are my people doing? How is the city doing? Uh, it started with something on the inside of him. It was an inquiry. And, you know, we can learn a lesson from this because often what happens when God speaks to us about doing something for him, it starts with an inquiry internally. We, first of all, something is triggered on the inside of us. We inquire of God and then we begin a process of externalizing the inquiry that has begun internally. It's like the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He says something, he challenges you to think about something, you feel something and an inquiry process begins. You start with God, the second part of the inquiry usually goes to people. In this case, Nehemiah's inquiry went to the brothers who had some information about something that was stirring in his spirit. And then thirdly, you look at the circumstances and if you look at it, the first thing we ask is how are the people going and then what are the situa- what's the situation that they're in? And so I want to encourage you, you know, when God begins to speak to you, he starts by doing something deep in your spirit, which triggers an inquiry or a process of inquiry. It's not something to push away. It's not something to to be disinterested in. It's the beginning of God calling you to do something. That something may be small or it may be significant. You know, in Nehemiah's circumstance, it was a It was a profound civil project of proportions way beyond his capacity or his ability. But it started with something, an inkling on the inside. The second thing we see from this passage of scripture is emotion. We we read that Nehemiah wept, that he prayed, that he mourned. And it wasn't just for a moment. It wasn't in the moment of the relaying of the story. It was significant in that it went for several days. He went on and on, thinking, praying, mourning, weeping. It affected him emotionally in in an extraordinary way. And, um, And for us, when God begins to speak to us, usually it affects us emotionally. As a matter of fact, if it doesn't affect us emotionally, we don't usually have what's required to push forward and to do something about what it is that he's challenging us with. And so emotion is an important component of responding to the call of God in your life. For Nehemiah, the emotion was connected to the well-being of the people and the well-being of the city that he had an affection for and a call to. And so it's really simple um, to respond to that. You know if it matters to you by the way that it impacts you emotionally. If it doesn't matter to you, then it doesn't actually matter. It's, there are so many things to do in this world if, and you're not doing them now. And the reason you're not doing them now is because they don't matter enough to you. 
But if it matters enough to you, if it affects you emotionally, then it will trigger some new change, some effort. And what we find here with Nehemiah, after weeping and praying and crying out, um, mourning for those people, we see that it pushed him to a third stage, and that is a simple stage I call effort. And the effort um, in this circumstance begun with what I call a negotiating prayer. Nehemiah put in time and effort to a prayer to God that had significant insights in it. Next week, Johnny is going to talk to you about that prayer in particular. But Nehemiah's effort went into this negotiating prayer where he talked to God about what was affecting him emotionally, what he felt called to do. We know this is the the moment of Genesis, if you like. It's the beginning of what God had called him to do with regard to building the walls. And it's helpful for you to understand this process because it will give you insight into how God will speak to you about doing something extraordinary. It may be something profound and large, uh, life-changing for many people, or it may be as simple as as restoring a broken relationship. I want to encourage you, begin the process. It starts with an inquiry, usually initiated by a move of God inside of you. The inquiry needs to advance to a place where you begin to talk to God about it and then you talk to others and then you need to look at the circumstances. You see, the reason the circumstances come last is because the God who's called us to do something is able to adjust the circumstances if necessary. Uh, then we find he moved, he's moved with emotion. It mattered to Nehemiah. These people mattered to Nehemiah. And then we see him moving to a place of effort where he begins to put in place some action, starting with prayer, to address the issues that are so important to him. Do you know, God wants to speak to you through this series in Nehemiah. Uh, I believe that it's not only important personally, but it's important corporately. Sorry, I got a strange bug (laughs) landing right on my face. Uh, It's important personally and it's important corporately. On a personal level, I think you understand the process. Inquiry, emotion and effort. In a corporate sense, for the church, it's exactly the same. We're now in a changed circumstance as a result of COVID-19, both as a church locally, but as a church corporately, not only in our our own circumstance, but around the world, uh, all the churches have been affected by this. And it's an opportunity for the church to inquire again about what God is saying to it in this moment. It's got to be connected to our emotions and, uh, and then we've got to put in the effort to respond or to change in a way that honours God and takes advantage of the opportunity to change that's been presented to us. And so as local churches, what we'll be doing is we'll be going through that process. We'll be saying, God, what are you saying to us? What do we need to adjust? What do we need to change? How do we need to respond? And then how are our emotions connected to those changes? In other words, who are the right people to address the issues that we're speaking about? And then finally, what is it that we're going to do? What sort of effort will we make to make a difference? Uh, We'll be putting a whole lot of effort into making changes when it comes to us meeting together in buildings. There'll be sanitizer everywhere. There'll be cleaning. I mean, what'll happen is you'll stand up during a meeting and someone will rush in, clean the seat. You'll sit back down on the seat and then they'll wash your face with sanitizer. I mean, it's going to be crazy, the effort that we're going to have to go to. And of course, I'm joking. We won't do all of those things. 
But there is effort required for change to take place. And um, as a church corporately, we'll be considering the efforts that we need to make to bring about change as well. If there's one thing that's coming out of this season is this, the need to focus on becoming more like Christ, the need to build disciples. It's what Jesus asked us to do way back 2000 years ago is there's a process that we're learning here from Nehemiah that comes about two and a half thousand years ago. But today, the focus needs to remain on building disciples just as Jesus asked us to. Will you pray with me as we start this series in Nehemiah? I believe God is going to do something profound. We're going to learn a lot about his circumstance, his situation, but in the process, we'll learn principles that will change our lives. Father, I pray today, Bless us as we listen, as we learn, as we read the book of Nehemiah, as we learn his principles. And may you help us to respond to the move of the Holy Spirit that's taking place in our life today so that we can follow after you, uh, do the things that matter to us and to you, uh, and put in the effort necessary to see change in our lives, in our community, in our families, in our workplace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great day. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.